To all the exhausted village. I'm, that's what I'm going to call your fans, Kyle. The exhausted village. Shout out to the exhausted educator. <laughs> this is a Holding On To Learning LLC production. Woo! The ideas expressed on this show are not the views of their employer. Besides, if you really want to take advice from this guy, well, you should probably do it at your own risk. You're going to love the exhausted educator. <laughs> What is going on, Education Heroes? I'm so happy you stumbled into the Exhausted Educator Show today. You know, this episode is going to be all about joy and happiness and bringing it all to the classroom. Speaking of happiness, I don't know why happiness starts with an H, because for me, happiness starts with you. <laughs> No more dad jokes! My bad. But it's true. It's true. I really appreciate you all out there in education land and all that you do. And I've always said this, and I'll say it again. Even though they don't tell you, your students and your staff, they appreciate you for all that you do too. This episode is going to be all about bringing joy to the class. Where do you get a load of our guest? Oh my goodness, is she completely dynamic. You're going to love her. And we got some other special things. So let's get into it. Here's a rundown for this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, we are about a minute away from making a major announcement about something that hopefully will bring some happiness and joy to you. I really hope it does. Then we're going to dive into an amazing conversation that I had with an unbelievable person who does so much, it's unbelievable, and she's really going to bring it in for us and talk all about bringing joy into the classroom, and we need it. My goodness, we need it. Then we'll close up with party time, which will be a small conversation about my issues with matching clothes and my ineptness. Is that a word? Ineptness? I don't know. Either way, that's what it's going to be about. And in an odd, demented way, it will relate back to your classroom. Stick around. I'm excited to announce that we have something huge that we're getting to roll out for all of you out there in education land. We hinted at it in the last episode. We even hinted at it at the end of 21. We told you we had some stuff brewing, and we still got more, but this is a big-time announcement. I'm really jacked up about this. We are about to roll out our Recharged Educators support community for all of you out there in education land. It's something we've been working on for months, actually. I'm really excited about it. Now, some of you might participate in Facebook groups or Twitter network and that kind of thing. And those are really, those are really valuable platforms to be, to participate in. We wanted something different though. We were looking for something a little bit different than just a Facebook group or a Twitter platform. So we did some research and we actually looked to the business industry. We looked to content creators and we looked, believe it or not, we looked at gamers and saw that all of those categories of people have been doing private 
online communities for years. It just many people in education don't know it. You see, we like I said, many of us are active members in like Facebook groups and Twitter groups. We wanted something that would be a little more intimate, where you can make even more of a personal connection with the community members. So we had a variety of things we were looking for when we researched. And that took a boatload of platforms and narrowed it down because there are a boatload. You know, there's Mighty Networks, there's Circle, there's Kajabi, there's Discord. The list goes on and on. They're all really valuable, but because we wanted a few specific things, it all got narrowed down to really one. So what were we looking for? Number one, we were looking for a free platform for you so you didn't have to pay anything. We didn't want you to have to pay. Two, we wanted to make sure that it was user-friendly, something that even if you really don't have much tech, you know, like you're just not tech-savvy, that you'd still be able to jump in and we could provide you with a couple videos and you'll be able to figure it out pretty quick. And I think we found that too. We also were looking for something that we can hand over to you and let you build it. Because if this is just about me, it's it's going to nosedive. It can't be about me. It's got to be about us. It's got to be about us building something to support each other. And I'm going to share what some of those things could be in just a second. And then the last thing is we were really looking for not just an opportunity for you to build something yourselves, all of us together, but a way for you to get in, dive into a community and find your own tribes. So this actual podcast goes out to a wide variety of people from different aspects of education. And we wanted to find something that would be able to pull all those people together and you can you can connect, you can engage with each other, but also have opportunities where you could create your own tribes, where you could dive into people with similar and like interests, whether it be, you know, people at the elementary level or maybe it's paraprofessionals or maybe it's principals. The list goes on and on. So all of those things led us to one platform and it's called Slack. Now, you might have heard of Slack. It's, there's a lot of advertisements out there on, uh, on it on TV and such. It's, it's really how a lot of businesses do a variety of connecting community kinds of work. It's also used for a variety of social groups, and they invite people in. Luckily, we go through Slack. doesn't cost you anything, and it accepts a pretty high number of members within the community. was also something else we were looking at. In Slack, we can do a bunch of things, right? It's number one, it's user-friendly. All you got to do is get in there and find your channel. By channel, it's a, a specific thing that you're looking for. So you can go in, as soon as you, as soon as you get in and register, it is uh, find the channel for introduce yourself. Introduce yourself to the community, and then we'll welcome you. You can also got, go in and create your own channel. So if you wanted to create a channel about physical education, you can do that and develop your own tribe, right? There's some other things we can do. Besides engaging, throwing out some funny things, some silly things, education-related things, we can share resources, we can share ideas, we can problem-solve together as a group. 
And that was something that I was really trying to find a way to find a user-friendly platform where we could all help each other out. It's all about trying to support each other because it's not easy. I don't need to tell you all that. It's not easy out there in education land. This platform will give us an opportunity to do that. The other thing that, that will allow us to do is to start to create some virtual meetups together. Maybe you just want to get together with a group. Maybe you create a channel for crocheting. Maybe you're into crocheting and you find a few people who are into crocheting too. You create a virtual meetup so you can get together and talk to each other. Just drop a virtual link and specify a specific time in your, in your tribe and you can get together. You know, if you want to do a book club, right, you can create that channel and together virtually you can all kind of go through a, a book that you choose. Some other things that I'm really, I'm really hoping we head towards a mastermind group or two going within the community, a few mastermind groups. This is something the business world's been doing for ages, but a lot of people in education don't realize it. A mastermind group isn't that complex. It just means you get some people together and you problem solve together. So you show up on a virtual link, whether it be Zoom or whatever platform you use for uh, a virtual uh, get together. And you know, somebody throws out an idea of something that maybe you're struggling with, right? Or maybe you just need some help with. And the group collectively helps out, offers some suggestions and give you some support, right? It doesn't have to be that complex. The other thing I was thinking about, and I'm really hoping we have some brave people out there in education land that want to jump on this. We'd love to be able to do just some workshops where anybody in the community, anybody in the community can offer up some suggestions on what they want to share and do it. Set up a virtual link and we'll pull everybody in best we can and check out what you have to share with us. So we all make each other better. There's a bunch of other things, but I'm not going to go into everything because I want you to get into the community. It's super easy to register. I'm going to drop the, the actual website in the show notes down below. So if you're in YouTube, look in the show notes. If you're hearing this on audio podcast, look in the show notes. And there will be a, uh, a link down there. And you just click on that and you can go into that. Uh, it's called a landing page. It's just a website where you can find that uh, a way to go ahead and click on the join, uh, join the community button. And there's just a couple quick registration questions and bang, you're in. We've loaded a bunch of videos to help you with navigation on Slack just to make it easy for you. We're trying to support you. If you find there's some things that you'd like to know more about Slack, let us know. You can always email us, okay? And uh, you can also hook up with us on uh, at Exhaust Educator. And the name of the community is the Recharge Community. Because we're trying to recharge your educational battery, you can always send an email to contactrecharge at gmail.com. Also, we'll put that in the show notes. So, a lot of things going on. Now, this is really important. Because you're listening or watching this podcast, you get first crack. That means if you go ahead and jump in on this in the next couple weeks, you can become a founding member. And if it's a founding member, that means that you can get a couple really cool perks. Number one, you'll have a username in your in Slack and you'll be able to put FM after it. it. Might not be all that 
important to you right now, but maybe in a few months down the line, you know, people are going to know you were part of the, the original build of this platform. You were part of the founding group. And we're not throwing it out to, you know, hundreds of people to be founding members. We're throwing it out to you. And I'm going to reach out to some other friends that I think would really be beneficial to come into the group and um, help us with this build. So you could be a founding member, put FM after your display name in Slack. Then there's some other things. You can be part of our BYOB kickoff party that we're going to have on Zoom. It's going to be an opportunity for everybody to just chat, get to know each other. Really cool thing. You're going to get into the community two weeks before everybody else. You see, this is a soft opening. We're not inviting everyone else in until the 27th of February. So you get two weeks to get in, see how the community works, check out some, some of the, um, the features that are available, get to know the founding members, and then we will invite other people. And you can invite whoever you want in education, from teachers to paras to principals to related service providers like OTs and PTs and SLPs. You can, uh, if you know people on the periphery of education, maybe agencies that work in school systems, mental health, uh, mental health agencies, or maybe it is uh, service providers of some of uh, some type, and they come into schools. Whoever you want, I do ask you this very important thing though: please don't invite anybody until the 27th of February. So if you're going to be a founding member, which I really hope you are, love to see you there and be able to start this up together. If you're going to be a founding member, just hold off on the invites. We want to give it two weeks so we all kind of get to know each other and we all kind of figure out uh, the ins and outs of it. And if you go to the founding members channel, there's a form there, quick document where you can give us feedback on what you think. And it gives us an opportunity over this two-week period to tweak some things if we need to, maybe make some adjustments. And you can always give us feedback throughout this whole experience because we definitely want to know this is about us, right? So it's about us building this together. You're part of it. Really love for you to be a founding member. One other thing, uh, last thing, is that we ask that for right now at least, you don't post the website where you go to join out on social media. You, more, you are more than likely, or more than welcome, I should say, to get on social media platforms and say, I love being a, char you know, uh, a part of this recharged educators community. Yes, absolutely do that. That would be wonderful. But don't put that website link because what we're trying to do is to avoid uh, trolls to come into our community, right? We want this to be a positive, supportive atmosphere where everybody's respected and everybody can help each other. And so the best way that we can think of, at least to start with, is to just do an old school invite. Call them, tell them about it individually, text them, give them the link that way, send it to them in an email, and you could also use social media, but private message it to them, and then give them the link that way. That's how we're gonna start this up. We'll collectively as a group, We'll make some decisions down the road about, you know, what are we going to do from, you know, do we want to start put, pushing out the, uh, the landing page website um, to people in, on social media, uh, social media posts? 
But for now, that's kind of how we're going to roll. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you join us. I'm really excited about it. I hope that we together can build something that's supportive, where we're just helping, helping each other out and supporting the mess out of each other. Founding member, I hope you join us. I hope you do. Let me tell you about the amazing guest that we have for you in this episode. She's so amazing, we decided to take the conversation and split it into two parts. Because the conversation was flowing, I didn't want to stop her. She's such an amazing person. She does so many things. She's a second grade teacher in the amazing state of Florida, but she's so much more. So she, her ideas of joy have really triggered a lot of different things for her. So she has a podcast. She also is an author and an illustrator, and she's produced multiple books. And she's also become a publisher where she's helping others publish their books. She does public speaking at conferences. She is, the sky's the limit for her. She's doing so many things. She's an amazing person, first and foremost. I really think you're going to love the conversation that we have her name's Jillian Du Bois, and she is going to talk all about joy for you in the classroom, bringing happiness into your classroom. Her and I connected on a lot of things in this interview, and you're going to hear part one coming up right now. Here is Jillian Du Bois. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is an honor to have a huge guest, in my opinion. She does so many things. Maybe the most important thing right now is she's a second grade teacher, but she does so many other things, and she can dive into all that. I really wanted to bring her on because she just constantly chirps and talks about joy, and I think we need that in our classrooms, and we need that in our schools. Jillian, thank you so much for jumping on. Thanks, Kyle. Oh, my goodness. I've never had anybody describe me as huge. <laughs> um, let me tell you, I am five one, <laughs> And I do not, you know, I am an educator in Clearwater, Florida. I've been teaching for about 21 years. And right now I'm te- teaching second grade. And I, the reason I don't go to third, fourth, fifth and on is because they're taller than me. <laughs> so I have stopped at second grade. <laughs> And believe it or not, I have second graders that are just as tall as I am. (laughs) I do know the feeling. So as a a previous elementary school teacher, I used to say, obviously, I'm not a a tall man either. Um, I am only five foot five. So, um, you know, I I don't have a lot of height myself. I used to always say, yeah, I used to say, you know, I like elementary school. There's not too many of them that are taller than me. In fifth grade, when I taught fifth grade, there was quite a few of them. But uh, I I did like the fact that I could still look down a little bit to some of the kids. (laughs) (laughs) Jillian, like like I said, really excited to have you on, spend a few minutes talking with the audience about, you know, bringing joy to the classroom. Before we jump into all that, could you just kind of fill in everybody about your educational journey up to this point and dive into anything you want to, because you've got so many things going on. I don't know how you keep up with all of it, but share anything and everything about yourself and and where you've been and, and where you're at now. 
Oh, thanks. You know, it is such an honor to, and it's humbling to be able to talk about where you've been and where you've come. There is so much in our journeys that I think when we share, you never know, just even if it's just one little heart you're going to touch or one person that's struggling with some decision. You know, we don't know when we're doing podcasts or blogs or any kind of thing um, where we're putting ourselves out there with vulnerability, right? We just... Um, you know, it's not about us. It's about who can, you know, who can take what we have to say and use it to make them a better person. So in education was um, my son uh, had been diagnosed with a learning disability. So when I actually began my journey, I was a paraprofessional. So that's why I really connected with your last podcast. (laughs) That was fabulous. Um, But I just kind of got in there and I thought, you know, I really love this. I really love not just the academics of it, but I just loved being around kids. And I just loved the feeling of being able to give them a source of confidence and a source of hope, especially those, because I did work with kids with special needs. Um, And, you know, they needed that support. They needed just a little extra so they didn't slip through the cracks. And that was kind of my son too. So as I started teaching, I just kept going and going. And I went from that traditional sit in your seat, read your book teacher to, you know, oh my goodness, you go sit wherever you want to sit. <laughs> you want to sit upside down, right? With headphones in, listening to, you know, country music, you do that if that's what it takes. Um, so, you know, we've evolved, um, and we evolve as educators, but that's kind of where I've come to now. This is kind of where I am now. I'm just loving my kids. I'm loving the journey where it's brought me from and where it's brought me to. Um, I think a big chunk of that was when my son kind of got up into middle school and he couldn't quite keep caught up. Mm. So couldn't quite stay, even with my help in the afternoons, you know, we were doing hours and hours of homework after school each day, we'd get up early to even do more homework to try and get him where he needed to be. And it was exhausting, completely exhausting. So I remember the day my family, we, we kind of pulled Austin aside and we're like, Hey bud, what would you think if mom stayed home and homeschooled you? And he started bawling like, Oh no. I'm like, what's wrong? He goes, that's the best idea in the whole wide world. Aww. I would love that. So we did. So we homeschooled eighth through 12th grade, um, graduated. He got two years. He got an AA degree um, through an online university. And, you know, he's a great kid. Awesome. And to, to think that we, you know, it was hard to step out of the classroom because that was where my passion was. But at the same time, that passion prepared me to work with him and to be there for him and to see him feel successful and encouraged and loved and strengthened in the things that he did the best. Did, did I ever make him write a 10 page term paper in MLA form? No, <laughs> no, I never did. Like that's not his strong point. Could he go out into a Creek with a net and dip that net in the Creek and figure out what all the creatures were and dissect them all. And, you know, yeah, that's what he loved doing. So we really, our, our school was, our homeschool was very untraditional, Yep. but he made it and he did it his way and he felt successful about it. So when I went back into the classroom, that was six years ago, um, I was able to take those little snippets of just got to let some of that stuff go. Hmm. You've just got to go, okay, let's focus on their strengths. Let's focus on what's really important here. You know, 
Is it the way we get two plus two equals four as important as how we got there, you know, or the different ways we get there? And the kids still to this day, they teach me things that I I don't know. You know, they think way out of the box sometimes. And I, I, it blows my mind as an eight-year-old that can teach, you know, teach us something. That is really neat. That is really neat. And good for you for taking some time to, to understand. I, I tell people this all the time and, and that, yeah, I've got a job, but my most important job is not what I'm doing at school. That is super important working with schools and everything I'm trying to do. Uh, but my most important job is being a parent. And so good for you for, for realizing this, what needed to happen. And it's interesting, the learning process that you went through in that experience and able to apply it. And you are speaking my language when you're talking about, you know, understanding strengths. Like I am a huge advocate of finding strengths with every single kid in the classroom because they've all got them. And, and you know what, we've all got areas we got to improve on, right? Like everybody does. So it doesn't matter how amazing you are in, in the classroom. Everybody's got areas that they're stronger at than others. You want to dive in real real quick about like some of the things you're doing outside of the classroom? Because I know you got a boatload of things going on. And like I said, I don't know how you keep up with all of it. It's pretty amazing, to be honest with you. But uh, you just want to tell the audience a little bit about what you do also outside the class? Sure. Well, you know, it's a little bit of ADHD. <laughs> I hear that. Yeah, I cannot sit still for very long. So <laughs> And uh, basically, when COVID um, came around and we were all, you know, quarantined to our homes, I'm like, what am I going to do? <laughs> I, I can't go outside. I can't, you know, go to the store. I can't go to Target. I can't. So, you know, I started writing and I'm like, hmm, okay, well, maybe I could just see what happens. And I remember the first day I, I sat down and I just, I knocked out a whole story and it was called Live Seashells. And it was a story based on my sister, my, the life of my sister, who was 40 when she passed away from cancer. Mm. And she left behind a seven-year-old um, daughter and a nine-year-old son. Oh. And niece and nephew, unfortunately, you know, they were so young, they didn't really have the opportunity to know who she was um, as, a, as a human being. You know, they knew her as mom. They knew her as, you know, someone that loved them very much, but they didn't see 40 years worth of her compassion and her heart and the way she loved people. So that was my, really my reason behind writing that story. So I read, wrote that story and it's all about a little girl named Liv. My sister's name was Lisa, um, but Liv goes to the seashell to find seashells. And she doesn't find, she doesn't like finding the beautiful, pretty, perfect, shiny ones. She likes finding the broken, cracked, chipped ones, the ones that nobody's gonna pick up because they don't think they really are very attractive. So, and that kind of paralleled the life of my sister who just cared and had compassion on everyone and everything. So um, throughout the story, it just talks about, she kind of just whispers words of affirmation to these shells that, you know, you are a masterpiece. Every one of you is created differently. Every one of you look differently and you have a place in my heart and on my shelf. So, you know, just an SEO message that, you know, all my books actually have SEO messages to them. <laughs> So just because I think, you know, children's books are not um, just children's books. They're books with messages for anyone from zero to 99 or 109. I think we all can benefit from, you know, taking to heart just the simple things in life that, you know, we try and teach our young kids, but really that's something we need to invest in ourselves as well. So, so I decided to publish through, um, I created a little company called Imparted Joy. 
LLC. And I just started writing books and illustrating. I do illustrate them myself. Um, I use an iPad Pro and uh, Procreate in a digital format. It's like having an art studio right in your lap. Cool. And uh, I put the templates together and publish it. And yeah, so that's it. So I do policy, write, illustrate, publish, and I've just recently started publishing other people's books too. It's funny. People come to you when they know you do something and they're like, hey, I've always wanted to do this. (laughs) Hey, you can. (laughs) (laughs) How? You know, when I go speak um, at a conference, I was just at FETC last week in Orlando and I spoke about, you know, basically doing that, basically writing and illustrating and publishing. And people are like, they really thought it was like me promoting myself. Like I wanted to publish their work and do everything for them. I'm like, no, I'm teaching you how to do that Hmm. because you can empower yourself to do that. That's cool for you, but I want you to try first. (laughs) Yeah, that is neat. That's interesting. And, and to back up just a second, um, what, what a great way to celebrate, a family member's life, um, boy, that's one of the greatest, one of the most made me tear up, to be honest with you, talking about, especially sharing it with her children. Uh, that's fantastic. I'm just blown away by the number of things that you've been working on and the the journey you've been on. I appreciate, again, for you, you to come on and, and, and share that journey with us and also where we're headed next. And, you know, one of the things I, I told you before we hit the, the official record button was that I wanted somebody uh, for this, you know, early on in 22 to talk about just kind of bringing fun and joy back to the classroom because it's so stressful out there. Anybody working in education, we don't need, we don't need to dive into to all of the, the stressful situations that are out there because there's plenty, but it's really kind of taken away from, uh, you know, the core of bringing in just making an, a really overwhelmingly positive environment in classrooms. And it's not, you know, you can't really blame any you know blame on it other than maybe COVID, I guess. But, um, you know, we've all, we're, everybody's trying the best that, can, that they can. So I wanted to dive into some thoughts that you might have as somebody who's constantly talking about, you know, joy. And, and so you were the person who was speaking to me when I thought of, I need somebody to come in and talk about it. Um, and so could you just kind of, Talk a little bit about, you know, if you're somebody who's really stressed out in education, which many, many of us all are, right? You know, how do you go about bringing in some extra joy and, and kind of rekindle your love for uh, the profession you're in? Um, well, I, I appreciate that question because I really think that it's, you know, not only are we stressed, we're exhausted, <laughs> like the title of your podcast. So yeah. I'm a wordsmith. And I love to look up words. So I don't know if you're familiar with Word Hippo, but Word Hippo is an amazing app. And I put in, what is another word for exhausted? Okay, so just listen to some of these really weird words, but they make me laugh. All right, so um, dead, <laughs> like shattered, frazzled, beaten. Here's one, jiggered, hmm. uh, loggy, wabbit. Never heard that one. Bushwhacked, coughing, <laughs> <laughs> breathless. Stonkered, weakened, whipped, zonked, toil worn, cream crackered. Never heard that. Dog tired, bone weary, ready to drop, um, gasping for breath. And I just thought that is really funny. Whoever is adding words to uh, Word Hippo really <laughs> has an exhaustive list. No there. kidding. But I, that made me laugh because I thought, yeah, that I think that's how a lot of us are feeling. Right. Um, so it's not just exhausted. It's 
you know, bone tired. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it is. We are weary. But I think that COVID honestly was that catalyst to kind of drive us to evolve into a different place because education now is not going to be the same as it was two years ago. Never. That's never going to go back to the way it was where I think we're just trying to figure out how to navigate this new way of life. Um, And, you know, when we navigate through anything, we're going to be tired. We're going to be frustrated. We're going to be stressed out. We're going to be exhausted and we're going to be wiggy. I don't know what, (laughs) (laughs) you know, Um, but I think that, you know, words are important. And when I think of joy, it's three letters, but it has the potential to be of being the biggest word in our human vocabulary, Um, mainly because it is something that is cultivated deep down. It's not, I'm going to wake up today and decide to be joyful. Nope, it doesn't happen. You know, we wake up, sometimes we wake up just so tired and like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can face another day. Um, We're stressed out. We're, you know, we're not happy and happiness and joy, two very different things. Hmm. Happy is such a fleeting, um, you can switch from happy to sad or happy to mad or happy to angry, you know, in a second, but you're still going to have that joy. There's still going to be joy in your heart and in your soul and in your mind, if you allow it. And if you let that flourish. So, um, it's really interesting because I wrote down because words are so important to me. So it was like, what if I had to say, and I just did this today, I thought, what is, I mean, how do you even express joy? Where does it come from? Hmm. So I just wrote just a few little things, showing up, serving, having gratitude, being generous and cheering for others. Hmm. Those are probably my big, my big ones. So when I think about taking that into the classroom, I think about, you know, what are the ways I want to help my kids show up, serve, have gratitude, have generosity and cheer for others and not just my students, but take that outside of the classroom. Hmm. How do I want my colleagues and my peers to show joy and to have joy, to show up, to serve (laughs) (laughs) gratitude, to have generosity and to cheer for others. That's what we want. You know, we want that. We want that. And yeah, there's different avenues and different pathways we can take to get there. But I think the biggest part for me is just to have a servant's heart and a servant's attitude. Take away, strip the the ego, strip away the it's all about me or I'm going to be selfish. And we just have to let that go. We have to realize we are in that service profession where there are too many stakeholders. We are not the only stakeholder. There are so many that we have to surround ourselves with and we have to include. Um, One of the things I enjoy doing in my classroom and with my families is I, I give them my phone number. Like if you guys ever need me, here's my cell number. And I used to use my Google voice number, which they don't have anymore. And I remember being hesitant to let them have my real cell phone number. And I'm like, well, it's really the same thing. So (laughs) it's not about, and you know, I've really only had a few people that have ever even used it other than I can text them, you know, things and say, Hey, here's a picture of, you know, so-and-so and and me, look what we're doing. 
um, you know, share with them, you know, when you involve those families and you involve, you show them that their kids are important to you, the joy that they feel leads to even more joy for you. Hmm. Just celebrating, um, celebrating the good times, celebrating the differences, celebrating the, oh my goodness, that we didn't, you know, not fit. We didn't fail a math test today. You know, we, we got a 75, you know, that's awesome. What a win. Celebrate the wins, celebrate every single win with your kids. Um, for one thing that we started doing, we started doing, and I think lots of schools call it this, but our teachers call it this call it genius hour. Hmm. And you got to that point on Friday afternoons where, you know, you're kind of done. Teachers really kind of want a little bit of extra time to kind of like get ready for the week. Um, and do our plans and kind of get everything in. So we're not there till five o'clock on a Friday night. (laughs) So I created this little time, this space, because we were getting to the point where we had like 45 minutes of, we call it fun Friday and 45 minutes. Fun Friday was great. They could play Legos. They could draw, they could color. We could, um, you know, watch a video. We could do something fun, but it got old really fast because it didn't have any purpose and they were bored. So, (laughs) and you know, when a kid says they're bored, then, you know, you probably got to start thinking of another route. Right. So we created the genius hour. So we got out some, we got out our iPads. We are fortunate enough to have technology in our school. And we had one-on-one iPads for our kids and we get on book creator and I'm like, all right, here's how we're going to use book creator. And I walk them through the process of how you get started making your own book. And they're like, what? We're making books. <laughs> what do we have to make it on. And I'm like, anything you wanted anything you want it to be something that you want to, you want to write a book about. What? We're allowed to have that flexibility. <laughs> well, can we put pictures in there? Do we have to, can I change the font? I'm like, you, it, you do what you want to do. Sure. And I tell you, I have the best books on my bookshelf and book creator <laughs> that my kids have done that are all about something they want to do and they want to produce. And I tell you what, if I had to take that away as a consequence during the week, they, they are devastated. So you talk about a behavioral management system. Say, <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, my friends, listen, we're this close from losing genius hour. Oh, 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 okay. You guys gotta be quiet. Stop. You know, they're all accountable, you know, and it's just, it's just a phenomenal thing. And even with the struggling learners, I've got, you know, a little boy who really is struggling in reading and, but he can create books. Hmm. Can he can create books? He's like he must have had. He's must. I think he's got about five books, and he's like they're all about the ocean or the jungle or so. I know he's about. So it helps me too to go. Well, I know what you're into. I know <laughs> what you like. You know, one one's doing one on roller coasters around the country. Like, okay, well, I know he loves roller coasters. He's not even tall enough to go on one, but he's, <laughs> you know, it's just that brings joy to my hmm. classroom. That there's so much good in what you just you just outlined there, I don't know where to start. I, maybe start here. <laughs> um, you are speaking my language in a lot of different ways. In that, you know, I've I've always I've always thought this. <clears throat> you know, when am I the happiest in my life? It's usually when I'm helping, right? Whenever I feel like I'm helping in some way. As a matter of fact, that's why this podcast started because I just I felt uh, just heart wrenched for the people in education and how hard everything was just trying to plod through the, the pandemic. And, um, you know, so 
just doing and sitting back and thinking, I got to do something, right? Like that just makes me feel better. Regardless if I have zero listeners or a hundred people who download an episode, it doesn't matter. It just, it makes me feel better to help. And I think that's kind of, it's an interesting thought in that um, it's good to hear somebody else kind of uh, reconfirm that. And the idea of bringing that to the classroom is a really cool idea. Um, letting kids know that, you know, you can help, you can serve. And, and that kind of really gets to uh, a core component of joy in general. So I, that spoke volumes to me. The other piece I would take out of that, although I could take a lot from what you just said, um, celebrating, celebrating like crazy. We can't celebrate enough, right? Like it's, things are so tough and we talk about stress and, you know, teachers and paras and principals and anyone in education really should be celebrating their small successes and we should be celebrating like crazy for kids and their small successes too. You know, that's what ends up leading to bigger successes, right? In my opinion. It just, Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And one other thing I was just going to throw in there, it's like, but it's not, and it's not always, it doesn't have to be success in the way we see Hmm. um, wonderful, joyful success. So I always share with my students that, you know, my frailties, I always share with them and they can read it on my face. Usually I did share with them last week. I said, you know, I'd gone to get food. I'd gone after school to pick up some takeout and they didn't have my order right. And I was frustrated and I just kind of like grabbed on my bag and I walked out and I sat in the car and I said, you know what guys, Hmm. I said, I got out of my car and I went back in that restaurant and I apologized to that person who took my order because I was wrong. Hmm. I was wrong for being frustrated. I didn't have a reason for being frustrated. I didn't say, I didn't make an excuse. I didn't say, look, it's been a really long day. I'm so sorry. I didn't do that. I said, look, I am so, so sorry that my words hurt you Hmm. and that my frustration hurt you. Will you forgive me? And she looked at me like I had three heads. That doesn't happen often. (laughs) And I, she said, oh no, 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 that's okay. Thank you so much. Enjoy your dinner. I said, I will. I really will. Thanks. Hmm. And I told my kids that story and because I want them to understand that we all do that. But when we realize that we can make things right by just using words um, such as I'm sorry, or please forgive me, that's a win. So when I hear my students, that's why I share those things with them. They don't think they're getting a lesson, but they are getting a lesson. (laughs) Um, And they, you know, they take that and I'll hear them you know, go to someone and apologize to someone or or I'll see them, you know, serving someone by picking something up that they couldn't reach or, you know, helping them, offering them something that they have extra of that, you know, they knew they'd have to buy from me if, (laughs) (laughs) because I, you know, do have a uh, little uh, system where I do charge for things if they lose them. But, you know, it's that, but that part of that is because I do want them to share with each other. Hmm. So, if you know, I just, they're just little life lessons that we just can toss in there whenever we can to help these kids and to help really set that foundation of we're all making mistakes. I know they look at me like, you do that? I'm like, yeah. You know, or I tell a story and I'm like, you know, it had to do with a little boy that was lying. And I said, how many of you have lied? A couple people raise their hand, and I'm like, I'm going to put both hands up. <laughs> and they're like, you lie? I'm like, yeah. And, you know, so they just, 
you know, it's just, it's just a whole process of learning for young ones, but, and older ones too. And we just have to use that, that humble vulnerability with them. No, it speaks volumes in the classroom. And, um, when you're working with young people in general, I, I, I a hundred percent agree. In this edition of Party Time, I'm going to share with you about something that I've struggled with a vast majority of my life, and I needed some support to get to where I am today. And somehow, in a weird way, it's going to relate back to your classroom, maybe. So let me take you back. So way back when I was in college, many, many moons ago, my mother bless her, tried to help me out as I was getting ready for my first practicum experience. You know, practicum, for those of you who are like me, it's been a while since you were in college. You know, practicum, you head out to the classrooms and and help out. Maybe you teach a couple lessons. Well, my mother knew that I could not match my clothes. I'm not colorblind. I just have zero ability to match my clothes. As a matter of fact, I am not fashionable at all. I've really struggled with fashion. I prefer a hat, jeans, and a t-shirt. And if I was allowed, I'd show, I'd show up at, to work in that every single day. A pair of shorts, maybe, instead of jeans. But you get the idea. My mother, bless her heart, gave me some really solid advice about matching. And I've used it till today. And I'll continue to use it for the rest of my life, probably. My mother said, you know, since you're struggling to match colors, just remember, most everything will match black, white, and khaki. Yep. That has been my foundation of matching clothes. So if I'm at work, I pretty much always wear black or khaki pants. I have a lot of white shirts, and it hasn't been until recent years that I've gotten a little more creative with my wardrobe. It's always been not very uh, fashionable. It was so bad one time. This will explain, this will paint a picture for you about how bad my fashion has always been. So... I always knew, growing up, I had a a father in education, so I knew, you know, show up every day, have a tie on, look sharp, although sharp comes in a variety of different, (laughs) comes in a variety of, of different visuals, I guess. And for me, as a young teacher, I had just started, I believe this was my first year, I could remember, you know, getting to the end of a week, Thursday or Friday, whatever, And just not having pants that were clean. And instead of doing what would have been the best thing and going ahead and and washing a new new pair of khakis or something, I decided, hmm, I'm just going to take a pair of suit pants. That seems reasonable. And I used the suit pants. Unfortunately, those suit pants were very tight. And although some people may look great in tight pants, I am not one of those individuals. (laughs) And so I happened to wear tight pants, and I had a big wallet, and this was before uh, a lot of cell phones, so I didn't have a cell phone on me, but I had a, had my set of keys. It was early morning, I was going down to make some copies at the photocopier, and this sweet lady, it was actually her, her this would be her last year 
um, as a teacher because she was about to retire. I'm walking down the hallway. I'm almost to the copier. And this sweet lady comes out of the copy room and takes one look at me with my tight pants and my bulging pockets with a wallet and, and keys. And her words were, oh, honey, we got to get you a woman. <laughs> Which leads me to a blessing in my life. Apparently, I didn't match or was not fashionable at all for a vast majority of my life. And then I met my wife. And my wife has supported me in this endeavor ever since. Now, I'm not saying my wife goes out and buys my clothes for me, but I always run things past my wife. In other words, I'll come down and say, does this match? And she'll give me an honest answer. She's also helped me uh, figure out certain things that will go together through the years. And I'm pretty much at the point now where I'm self-sufficient. I can go into my closet and say, this pair of pants matches this shirt. But that's not because I figured it out. It's because my wife helped me. (laughs) So that's it. I've struggled with it all my life. I probably always will. But I've had people who've helped me along the way. First, my mother. And then, my wife. And what on earth does this have to do with your classroom? Probably not a lot. But maybe this. Keep in mind that there are things that your students in your schools may not, it just might not, you know, content or skills or strategies that might just not come so easy to them. They need a caring, compassionate person to help them. It is too easy to keep right on just crushing through the curriculum. It's harder to take a few minutes and understand Jake or Jesse just aren't getting this skill and I need to find time to individualize with them and get with them and help them through this process. I needed it and I still need it for my clothes. And thankfully, I've got a couple people who support me to help me out. And hopefully, you're that person to support the students in your classroom because Although they might be able to be, they might be able to match their clothes and they might be fashionable, but there's probably some areas in their life that they need your support too. Be happy and have some fun in your class. I've said this before, but we really need to bring the joy back to the classroom. Find things that are going to make your students excited. Find things that are going to make you excited. If you don't find the joy in the curriculum, take the curriculum you need to teach and see if you can find ways to bring the joy. More novel approaches. We need to bring more happiness and joy. We need to flood classrooms with happiness and joy, to be honest with you. Not only do the students need it, and they really do, But you need it. We all need it if you're working in education. Whether you're a teacher, a para, a principal, a psychologist, if you're working in education, we need to find ways to create joy for them and for us. I've got one last final announcement. 
you made it all the way to the end. You're still listening to this short bald dude run his mouth. I got one last announcement. Check it out. Now, I realize if you are listening on audio, there's really nothing for you to check out there visually. My apologies. So let me tell you what I just shared. We got swag, people. We have swag. Not only are we opening up the Recharged Educator community, we also have swag for it. We have created an online store for you to go in and you can purchase your own swag for the Recharged Educator community. You can check it out on the same website that you would click to join the community. You just click the click here button. You'll see the picture of people wearing some of the swag and there you go check it out you can always support us by purchasing swag from the community and there's a support button there ladies and gentlemen thank you for all you do out there in education land i hope you find the joy i hope you continue to support each other that's really what our community is meant to do support each other i'll close on this take care of yourself so you can take care of them. I hope to see you around soon. Join the community. Be a founding member. Do it. Party time. It's like sirens are going off in my head. We're going to try to just not be horrible. Watching you, exhausting educators. Always watching. Last Christmas. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at teachbetter.com slash podcasts, and we'll see you at the next episode. We would like to thank Kevin McLeod for the use of his music in our intro, outro, and also the music used in our interviews. You can find his information in the show notes below.